Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. the Lord gives you is not just for you. You should use it to invest it back into the kingdom of God. First Kings 6 and 23. Inside the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each 10 cubits high. One wing of the cherub was five cubits, and the other wing of the cherub was five cubits, 10 cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other. And the other cherub was 10 cubits. Both cherubim were of the same size and shape. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so was the other cherub. Then he set the cherubim inside the inner room, and they stretched out the wings of the cherubim so that the wing of the one touched one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. Also, he overlaid the cherubim with gold. Okay. <laughs> As if that wasn't enough gold already. We have an incredible amount of gold going over here. He covered the cherubim with gold too. But what is a cherub? What 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 is cherubim? Cherubim is the plural of cherub, and a cherub is an angel. Cherubs are first mentioned in Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned at that tree, and they were banished from the garden, and the Lord put cherubs, he put angels at the entrance of Eden, along with a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life so that they could not come back in. So it's apparent that cherubs were known to be these visible beings that man can actually see. And so throughout the Bible, one of the main purposes of cherubs is to magnify the holiness and the power of God, to demonstrate praise to God, and also to serve as a visible reminder of the majesty and the glory of God, to remind us of God's presence, that he is with his people. And so what a better place to put cherubs than right there in in the temple where the presence of the Lord was going to be on the Ark of the Covenant. You can see why Solomon had these cherubim built into the temple structure, to keep a constant reminder of the glory of God, and to keep a reminder of of the Lord's very presence that would be on the Ark of the Covenant within that central Holy of Holies part of that temple. Anybody that would go into that temple would see those cherubim and and remember, this is God's temple. I should be reverent in here. Amen. First Kings 6.29. Then he carved all the walls of the temple all around, both the inner and outer sanctuaries, with carved figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. And the floor of the temple he overlaid with gold, both the inner and outer sanctuaries. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and doorposts were one-fifth of the wall. The two doors were of olive wood, and he carved on them figures of cherubim. 
palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold. And he spread gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So, for the door of the sanctuary, he also made doorposts of olive wood, one-fourth of the wall, and the two doors were of cypress wood. Two panels comprised one folding door, and two panels comprised the other folding door. Then he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers on them, and overlaid them with gold, applied evenly on the carved work. More gold yet, guys. Look at this. <laughs> Watch what the palm trees or the, or, or the flowers and all that. That's productivity. It's fruitfulness. May there be fruitfulness and blessing for Israel. But to think there's even more cherubs were built into the temple structure to keep people reminded that the glory of God was present in the temple. Friends, I want you to remember that. The glory of God is present in the temple, and we should have reverence for that. 1 Kings 6.36 And he built the inner court with three rows of hewn stone and a row of cedar beams. In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv, and in the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its details and according to all its plans. So he was seven years in building it. So the number seven in the Bible is very significant because it symbolizes completion. Creation was done in six days. On the seventh day, the Lord God completed it. So seven means completion. It's finished. It's done. Seven years were spent building the temple. Seven years done. Okay. Now that's somewhat of a creation reminder in the temple itself. Isn't that great? Now, anyone that's ever been to Israel, they know that the temple is not there anymore on that temple mount. The temple has been relocated from the temple mount to somewhere else. In John 2.19, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So apparently Jesus built it back up again, but where did it go? Where did the temple get relocated to, especially since he said he would build it back? Where did he build it back to? That's found in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Friends, your body is not yours. Your body was paid for. It doesn't belong to you. It's the Lord God's. We're to use it for him. And that blows the whole abortion issue right there. The people says, my body, whatever I want to do, it's not your body. It's the Lord God's body. And we're to honor him with it. We're to have reverence to him. And so now that we are the temple, guys, we got to realize this puts quite a level of responsibility on us. I want you to consider all the cherubim that were built into Solomon's temple. They were put there to serve as reminders of the glory and the majesty of God's presence in that temple. Now, friends, we need to be continually reminded just the same that God's presence, if you believe in Jesus and have given your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, that God's presence in the Holy Spirit indwells us. He lives in us. And we also need to be reminders to the world how we live as the temple, because people are watching you. They're watching you, how you live your life. You need to show them Jesus. You need to show them reverence. 
that the Lord God indwells you. You need to show them that picture because they need to see it. Now, I want you to consider how Solomon built the temple. He ordered the temple builders to carefully make your measurements at the quarry and then do all the cutting at the quarry first. Don't do all the cutting here in the temple. That means you carefully measure, you carefully make good decisions up front first. This means every builder, they had to carry a measuring tool. They had to work according to the same standard. Every worker in that quarry had to have a measuring stick of some sort. They had to work according to the same standard because if people were carrying different size rulers and they're all out there making cuts, they were not working according to the same standard, then their work would not fit with anyone else's work when they brought it into the temple. And so every worker, they had to take an extremely disciplined focus to measure carefully first, measure twice, measure 10 times if you have to, before they cut so that their work would then fit into the temple when they brought it in. Today, too many people are not abiding by the standard of God's word. They're living according to their own opinion. When people go by their own standard, nothing matches. And so people that live according to their own way, they have no way to accurately measure out their choices. Their choices, when they make their decisions based on their own opinions, it always is going to come out wrong if they don't know the standard of God's word. And so even for Christians, when they make their cuts, if they make a bad decision that's not according to God's word, and when they try to bring that decision into the body of Christ, then it doesn't fit in to the rest of the unity of the assembly of the church. Friends, there's people in the church that are trying to do good work. They're being very, very careful with their decisions before they execute them. They get, you got to look at God's word. you got to study it. What does God want me to do versus what I want to do? You've got to weigh your decision-making process carefully. you got to measure carefully against the standard of God's word before you make a decision. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The temple builders had to be very diligent. They had to measure closely to determine which part of the stone was to be included and which part was to be discarded. And if they weren't this careful up front, then when they brought their pieces of stone into the construction site, then it would not fit. And then they would be ashamed because everyone else would see that their work was subpar. And it would be publicly obvious that they didn't apply much effort in their work. It would embarrass them. God's word says we are to be diligent. I was looking for my keys one time, and I had to go somewhere. I was diligent about finding them. I got to find these keys. We've got to be diligent. We got to have reverence in our service to God. We are the temple. And before you go out into the world every day, you should read the standard of God's word. So, that you will know how to cut your decisions for the day ahead. Know how to make good cuts. Measure them. That's knowing how to rightly divide what is truth from what is not truth. What should be included in your life from what should not be included. So what should be discarded. Being the temple of God, if you will take your kingdom service with utmost reverent discipline, then what you bring into the assembly of God, it will fit together. 
with what other workers are bringing into this church themselves. So friends, let's be like Solomon's temple builders so that we don't need to be ashamed. The, the scripture says so that you're not ashamed. If you do bad work, people are going to see it. It's like, man, that don't fit anything. What are you doing? That's it. It embarrasses you. It's like when I was not making good cuts, all the guys in the shop class, Ray, you need to, what are you doing? <laughs> so that you're not ashamed. Let's be like Solomon's temple builders and be diligent. Be a diligent worker to present ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can't cut right if you don't first measure right. Every day before you go out as the temple of God, remember, you're not your own. You were bought. You've got to honor the Lord God. Before you go out as the temple of God, up front, pray first, study first. Read God's word first, measure twice, cut once. If the pieces of your life aren't fitting together properly as a as the Christian you claim to be, I've seen people that oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and their life is an absolute mess because they're not making good decisions. They're not making good cuts. They're not measuring first. If your pieces of your life don't fit together as the Christian you claim to be, then others around you will not desire to have Jesus in their life. Because if they look at you, how messed up you are, well, then why do I want your God? I'm better off than you are. <laughs> We're supposed to be their continual reminder, like the cherubim was in, this, in the temple, a reminder of God's power. We're supposed to be their reminder that God wants to dwell with man, just like God dwelled in the temple. So friends, please start measuring your choices out against God's standard before you make a cut. Because when you bring it into the assembly, it had better fit. Before you bring your life choices into the church, into the assembly of God's believers, it better fit. Whenever people who are living in unrepentant willful sin, they're sinning their tail off and they love it and they enjoy it. They bring that unrepentant sin into my church assembly and it doesn't fit. It has to be removed from the assembly. It can't stay there. Can you imagine a temple worker that brought a stone in that did not fit, and the other workers in there said, no, you can't bring this stone in here. It's not going to fit where we need it. You've got to take it back out of here. And friends, I, I unfortunately, as pastor of a church, I've got to do that when people bring things in that don't fit in the assembly so that it doesn't disrupt the unity that others are striving to be diligent about. See, we got believers in the church. They're trying. They're studying God's word. They're being diligent. They're trying to make things work in their life. But you got some guy that comes in or a girl comes in and they're acting like a bull in a china shop and they just want to tear everything up. That can't stay. And I know you're thinking, what, Ray, you're saying people are not allowed in your church? Not like that they're not. That's what repentance is for. We can work with them and say, look, here's what God's word says. Maybe you need to make some correct. Well, you do need to make some corrections in your life and repent of these sins, and let's get right before the Lord. Let's get right with the Lord God. Let's have reverence. Let's obey Him. Let's do what God says, and then you can come bring this in here. Many churches permit, wrongfully, people to come in like that, and it disrupts everything, and it destroys the church. The church can't properly walk in the ways of the Lord like they should. Think of the temple. Make your cuts out there first at the quarry, and then you can bring it in here. Friends, we've got to measure ourselves against God's word before we make decisions. Because if you make bad decisions, you foul your life all up. You've got to get right with the Lord so he can help you, so he can fix it for you. 
Don't just do whatever you want to do and then go in church and start bringing that in there too because you've got believers in there that are really trying to live right. Be part of the unity of the Lord God. Repent, repent, repent. I can't say it enough. People hate that word because it sounds so non-inclusive. Oh, Ray says I can't come in his church. Well, of course you can, but you need to be a repentant believer. You need to get right with the Lord. You can't live on your own terms. You've got to live according to what God says, and then you can fit in the unity of the church. I want to show you Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently, diligently. Friends, you cannot take God as just all listen to the pastor on Sunday. That's not diligent enough. You've got to be doing your own study daily. Today, so many people are figuratively paneling their own homes with what God has given them instead of building up the temple of God. He gave that to them to build the temple to the assembly. You're the temple. So is everybody else in the body of Christ, the believers. We are to build that. How do I build other people, Ray? You go in and you encourage them. You go in and you say, hey, you want to live a good life of obedience to the Lord? You need Make some decisions that are in line with God's word and help them do it. Help them and show them it's fun and that it's blessed to live according to God. And that builds up the body of Christ. Friends, what God blesses you with, that's not for you. That's for his glory. And we got to teach others to do the same thing. What you have is not yours. It's for God's glory. Now, maybe some of your work, for the Lord has gotten sloppy. I mean, I've been there, and I'm not pointing at anybody. I've, I've, been, I've been like that. It got some sloppy work going on. Maybe you've forgotten your identity with God, and it's affected your work performance. You ever been called in by a manager to do a review once a year? Let's see how you're doing and all these different things, and they kind of grade you. You need a little improvement here, but you're doing real good over here. Friends, maybe the Lord has been dealing with you on ways to improve so that the pieces of your life will fit better. The pieces of your life's work will work better in better unity. Don't be like me in junior high shop class, wasting time and materials for yourself and other people. It affects the progress of others because you're not being very careful. Now, I remember uh, my bad guts made me upset, and I felt like I wasn't as good as everybody else. Maybe you feel like this in your spiritual walk with God. Maybe you feel like, well, well, Ray, I'm just not as good as you. Or, well, you know, I'm not as good as that that wonderfully glorious godly guy that I know, that super mega Christian. I'm just not as good as him. Friends, don't forget the cherubim. They were reminders of God's presence and glory that was put into the temple. They were put in the temple. Likewise, don't forget the Holy Spirit of God who indwells you. He's the one that enables you for kingdom service. Have the reverence to listen to him, and you'll do fine. Don't compare yourself with other people. I'm not as good as him. Wait a minute. If you're a believer, you've got the Holy Spirit. He can enable you to do what you need to do. The question is, are you taking up the discipline to listen to him and obey him? Don't just make bad cuts and sloppy work and then be jealous. Oh, everybody else is so godly. Don't do that. (laughs) Come on, let's bring it back to discipline. Let's have reverence for the Lord and let's do better work. But I also want you to be open to the fact, some of you out there, The fact that perhaps that you've been working on something that you thought was supposed to fit in a certain place in the temple, but it doesn't fit. You were working on something a long time. Well, this is going to go here. 
And maybe God never intended your peace that you've been trying to chisel out. Maybe he never intended that peace to fit where you thought it should go. I've known people who wanted to be pastors. I've been to Bible college, and everybody in Bible college is called to be a pastor. Well, not all of them were. Some of them were never called. I've known worship guys that were good musicians that says, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worship guy. Well, there's a difference between a worship guy, a worship leader, and a musician. Not all musicians are worship guys, okay? Maybe they were never called. And maybe you've had it made up in your mind that you're supposed to do some kind of specific work for God that you're going to do that he never called you to do. Maybe you've got to take your work back to the quarry and remeasure again and cut it down into a smaller, different shape so that it will fit into a completely different place than where you always thought you wanted it to go. Friends, I need you to be open to receiving correction from the Lord. I know you've got this thing you've been doing a long time. You've had full intentions to to make it work in this certain way that you thought it was going to go, and it just hadn't happened yet, and you're getting frustrated. Maybe God never wanted it to go there, and you need to go take it back to the quarry. Please be open to correction from the Lord so that he can help you make different choices. You can make different cuts, and then your work will fit. Too many Christians today have slacked off on their reverence to the Lord. They're just not taking God seriously. The assembling together believers of God has become a social club where we play cool music, we hang out, and uh, really then we just get back on with our lives again, and, and who cares? That's not diligence. A lot of Christians have slacked off on their reverence to the Lord. They've forgotten their identity with God. Therefore, they started paneling their own houses. They started lining their own lives with things that God gave them to use for His glory. They started using it for their own glory. Now, as the Lord said in Haggai, consider your ways. Friends, we need to pray of repentance of our own ways for doing things that I'm gonna is my life. I do what I want. No, you got to follow the Lord God according to His standard. Lord, please teach us to listen. Teach us to measure twice before we cut. Lord God, teach us to study Your Word. Teach us to study Your Word and pray about what we read before we make decisions. Lord God, forgive us. Help us to work Your way according to Your commandments to have reverence for your majesty, for your glory, so that we can be good workers, rightly dividing, who do not need to be ashamed. Lord, help us to build up the temple of your people. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I want you to know that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. And if you don't feel good enough, if your decisions in life have been wrong, it's obvious to you that you've messed up. That's okay. So did I. I'm a sinner, just like anybody else. I'm not any better, but I am forgiven because I have repented of my sin. If you want the favor of Jesus in your life, you want God's blessing, if you want to be saved for all eternity, give your life to Jesus. Let me help you. Follow me in prayer, would you? Father God, forgive me. I've sinned. I messed up. I'm sorry. Please, I want to get back on track with you. Show me the truth in your word. I give you my life. You now are the boss. I follow you. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. I now call you Lord. You're my Savior, Jesus. I will follow you. Thank you for saving. In Jesus' name, amen.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.